Our second reading this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 5, and can be found on page 90 in your Pew Bibles. Listen again for God's word. After this, there was a festival of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate, there is a pool called in Hebrew, Beth Zatha, which has five porticos. In these lay many invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am making my way, someone else steps down ahead of me. Jesus said to him, Stand up, take your mat, and walk. At once, the man was made well, and he took up his mat and began to walk. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Loving God, we give you thanks for your holy word. We thank you that you have brought us together here in this sanctuary on this day. And we pray, God, for open hearts, for open minds, that we might be made aware of your Holy Spirit presence that draws close to each one of us this day. And we make this prayer in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. We call ourselves Easter people. This is the title of our sermon series, Easter People. What does that mean? Well, one thing it means is that we believe in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. We believe that there is nothing in life or in death that can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Nothing. And it is our task to daily claim this truth and to live as Easter people. In the book of Acts, which Amy has been preaching on the past few weeks since Easter, we read about the people who were first impacted by the resurrection of Christ, the original Easter people. We learn about the birth of what we know today as the church. We recognize how the Holy Spirit was set loose. And people who could have stayed behind closed doors, hidden, didn't. They went out. They went out with God's help and the Holy Spirit's leading to share Christ's love in the world. One of the first Easter people was the Apostle Paul, 
who we first knew as Saul, the persecutor. Paul's conversion story is remarkable. Moving from killing those who preached about Jesus to becoming one of the greatest spreaders of Christ's message. Paul's heart was changed. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts, we read about ordinary people like you and me and the turn in their lives, following a new way because of the Holy Spirit power. Today, we are introduced to Lydia, who Paul happens upon on his mission tour. Lydia is considered the first European Christian convert. She was a businesswoman, and when Paul came outside of the gates, he discovered her praying. She asked if she could be baptized, and she then began a church in her home. I don't know about you, but sometimes I get a little bit snobby about churches that someone just starts up in a strip mall with a pastor who may not have ever gone to seminary. But that's just me. But that's really how we began. We are the descendants of women like Lydia, a merchant in purple cloth, who felt this call led by this small group of ragtag outlaws. They didn't follow the rules and regulations and send her off to seminary for three years to pass all of the exams. And not that I'm... Anyway, she didn't have to do any of that. They didn't seem to matter. All those rules and regulations to the, er- to the earliest Easter people. The only thing that seemed to matter was the spreading of the good news, which I believe is about compassion. The spread of Christianity, the movement of the Holy Spirit is centered in compassion, which means at its root to suffer with. Not to feel sorry for, not to have a sense of duty or altruism or charity about, but to feel, to experience, and relate to someone else's experience. And ultimately, to do what we can to walk alongside the afflicted. That's what Jesus did for us through his death and resurrection, and we can see Today, in the story that we read from the Gospel of John, how Jesus' compassion spreads God's love to a world in great need. Crucially, Jesus shows God's love, but not through coercion or force or a quick fix, but through real compassion. So in this story today, Jesus goes to the pool of water called Bethzatha or Bethesda in Jerusalem. Local lore held that this pool had healing properties 
and that getting into it at the right time could change your life. It was said that every now and then an angel would stir the water. The water would begin to bubble, and then the first one in the water would be healed. Around this pool were many people seeking healing and wholeness, waiting for the pool to bubble up so that they might be healed. Jesus finds a man there, a man who has been sitting by the pool for 38 years. 38 years. This man wants to be the first one into the water after it begins to bubble, but he isn't well. And so someone always seems to get ahead of him. This would seem almost comic if it weren't so tragic. Sitting, waiting, as soon as the water bubbles, then I will be healed. Every day, the same. Waiting, watching, hoping, not much changes. We don't know how often the water would bubble, Was it every couple of days, every month, once or twice a year? In any case, after 38 years, the man must have figured out that he's never going to be the first one in the water, right? Sitting on his mat becomes a way of life for this man. His life is stagnant. And then Jesus appears. Now, if I were writing this story, I think I would have had Jesus swoop in, and then he would get this man in position, ready to go into the pool, and then Jesus would command the pool to stir, and the bubbles would come, and the man would be the first one in, and then he would be immediately healed. That would have been a great scene, right? The man's incredible patience and persistence would have been rewarded. But that's not what Jesus does. Jesus asks the man, do you want to be made well? And then, after not really getting a straight answer, Jesus tells him, Take up your mat and walk. It's kind of a weird exchange if you think about it. Because, of course, the man wants to be made well, right? He's been sitting here for 38 years. Have you heard the definition of insanity? It's often attributed to Albert Einstein. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting different results. Doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting different results. I think that could apply to this man. He's been trying to be the first one in the pool for 38 years with no success. But I think what the writer of this gospel is getting at is a broader meaning than just the story of this one man being healed. Because we can all be a little insane sometimes, doing the same thing over and over, but expecting different results. 
And I imagine that you, like me, can get into a rut, stuck in unhealthy or irrational patterns of thought or action. We can all get stagnant. Maybe we get stuck saying, as soon as, as soon as this happens, then my life will be better. As soon as I graduate, or as soon as I get through these exams, as soon as I get married, or as soon as I get out of this relationship, as soon as I have more time, or more money, a better house, as soon as he changes the way he acts, as soon as she apologizes, as soon as I feel better or get through this time. Maybe you can fill in the blank. As soon as. In the meantime, we sit and we wait on our mats, expecting different results. And Jesus doesn't usually just magically fix this for us. Does he? No, that's not how God or Jesus works. There is no coercion or quick fix, but there is compassion and an invitation. Jesus asks this man and asks us, do you want to be made well? Sometimes we like our ruts, don't we? even if they're bad for us. Or we can be of two minds. Yes, we want to be made well. But there's something comfortable or familiar about our stagnation. Or yes, we want to be made well, but we strongly prefer to be made well only in the way that we have decided that we should be. Jesus asks if we want to be made well. And like the man in this story, we don't simply say yes. Instead, we cling to our story. The true miracle is that Jesus doesn't just say, well, I hope that works out for you. No, Jesus has compassion. Jesus suffers with us. And that compassion doesn't just apply to the thing that's hurting us but also to the ways we might avoid healing. Jesus simply says, take up your mat. The healing that you seek is right here, but I'm inviting you to take a step. Jesus doesn't coerce, and sometimes Jesus' healing and compassion can seem distant or at least not offered on our timelines. doesn't always make sense. Things get better, then they go back. It doesn't always make sense, but I believe, and I have experienced, that Jesus' compassion is present. It's real. It is daily. And it is something we are invited to pay attention to. Jesus doesn't usually change our outer circumstances, but he changes us our hearts. He calls us to a new way of seeing, 
a new way of being, a new way of acting, thinking, and speaking. Today, we are invited to consider our lives. Are we sitting on our mat? Are we waiting for the pool to stir? How will we respond when Jesus comes to us, asks us, do you want to be made well? Will we take up our mat and follow him? Jesus is inviting us with the Holy Spirit presence to get moving, to recognize this Holy Spirit power that we read about in these characters and acts, to look around us and to pay attention to the Holy Spirit movement in the church, maybe to redefine it because it's not a lightning bolt out of the sky. Oftentimes, it's a simple gesture to examine our lives and see what God has given us. And then rather than waiting for something else externally to happen, to change, we are invited to look within, to trust God, to take up our mat and walk. Amen.